Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're going to be talking about Venus's movement through the third decan of Pisces. So this is the area in the sky between 20 and 30 degrees of Pisces. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit today about Venus's conjunction with Neptune in the movie Pinocchio uh, and some of the themes associated with wishing upon a star. Um, we're going to be talking about Venus's conjunction with the fixed star Markab at 23 degrees of Pisces. And then Venus will also be making a sextile to Pluto uh, on the 18th of March. So we'll, we'll unpack that a little bit as well and talk about some themes associated with the I Ching for this decan. All right, so I'm going to share my screen for a minute here. I hope that you're all doing well out there. Um, had some really interesting research come up with this decanic placement. Um, this is something where, uh, you know, the, the kind of the synchronicity started to come together really well as I was doing an I Ching reading and then kind of thinking a lot about uh, this, this song, When You Wish Upon a Star. I, I think that um, I made a social post the other day and chose this as the, the music that I um, posted on my Instagram story. And uh, it just really, it really resonated with me. It was really, it's a really beautiful song. I know people have mixed feelings about Disney in general as a corporation, but there's no denying that they have tapped into some interesting um, zeitgeists of certain moments. And um, I found some really cool correlations with the, the release of that movie and uh, the placement of Venus uh, at that particular time. So Venus was actually in the third decan of Pisces when Pinocchio was released on February the 7th, 1940. And um, two days later, that uh, when the song was released officially, When You Wish Upon a Star, um, Venus had reached its maximum degree of exaltation. So this is one of the things that we'll talk about with, with um, Venus here in this area of the sky is Venus is in her exaltation if we want to talk about condition. First of all, let's go over a couple details real quick here. We won't, we won't dwell on it. I've done a, a number of Pisces 3 videos recently with um, the new moon in Pisces 3 and the sun in Pisces 3. So if you would like a deep dive into the Deccan itself and, and some other approaches to this area of the zodiac check those out those are on my channel um, but we're going to see venus move through uh, this area from the 13th of march to the 21st of march okay so we're heading towards our spring equinox with the sun moving through these final degrees of pisces as well and venus is going to be heading into her kazemi moment her conjunction with the sun that's happening on the 26th of march at five degrees of aries so this is a very, um, I would say, an old Venus that is ready to be renewed in the heart of the sun. Maybe a wise Venus that is uh, really trying to maybe bring something to a conclusion and uh, eventually burn off the dross of some kind of old cycle. Um, we do have uh, Jupiter hosting the sun. I'm sorry, hosting Venus. Okay, I will just look at one chart here. So we have Jupiter here hosting Venus, and uh, they are an aversion to one another. So it's difficult for Venus to see Jupiter right now. And Jupiter is about to move into the third decan of, of Aquarius. 
So in the third decan of Aquarius, Jupiter is going to be providing some of the impetus for Venus to act upon. Venus, of course, you know, reflecting our, our desires, our longings, has to do with love, attraction, glamour, beauty. And um, Jupiter is, is providing from the third decan of Aquarius the gift of being able to know when to leave something behind, uh, knowing when to quit, uh, bringing honor through parting on good terms. Uh, the third decan of Aquarius was associated with the seven of swords. So you can see in that tarot card, someone sneaking away from an encampment and uh, bringing something with them, leaving something behind for sure. Uh, we have to know kind of with this placement and this interaction between these two planets, what are we going to take with us and what are we going to learn from our previous experiences and what are we going to leave to the annuals of time and the past and, and move on from? So it's, it's always important to take a look at which planet is providing for the planet that is visiting the specific sign or temple that we are seeing with the transit of the transiting planet Venus in this case. Okay, so that is one thing that we'll look at to find meaning. Um, Venus does have triplicity dignity uh, of the water signs by day, so that is some extra dignity for Venus. She'll be moving through the terms of Mars from 19 to 28 degrees, and then the terms of Saturn from 28 to 30 degrees, so challenging bound rulers. And the face rulers of, of Pisces 3 is it's a double Mars-ruled face. So there is some association with severing, separating, uh, sacrifice, courage, standing up for your belief, and, and trying to fight for it. So there may be this impulse to really... Uh, sacrifice for what we believe in and, and something very beautiful. We have to be careful, though, what we pour our faith into, and we, we have to be careful that we don't become a martyr to the cause that we choose. Book T calls the card of the Ten of Cups, which is associated with this decan. You can see this here, a figure and um, a partnership and a family, maybe, uh, underneath a rainbow of fulfillment, of happiness. Um, Book T calls it satiety. Book of Toth calls it perfected success, and Austin Kappa calls this deck in a cup of blood, um, which has to do with some of the sacrificial elements of this, this 10 degree area of the zodiac. There is one fixed star that is prominent called Markab at 23 degrees of Pisces, and it has to do with the saddle of Pegasus, so a point of stability as we ascend to the heights of our dreams. The diamond associated with this uh, decan is Elpis, which roughly translates to hope and is associated with the story of Pandora, which I've gone over at length in the previous two videos. So if you want to get some more insight into Pandora and Elpis, uh, check those out. The basic gist of it, though, is that, you know, Pandora, um, you know, as a punishment to human beings for stealing fire or being given fire by Prometheus, Zeus basically wrapped up all the, the ills of the world in this box and in gave them to poor Pandora to unleash upon the world, but what remained behind was hope. And we talked in previous videos about Prometheus maybe sparing humanity knowledge of their own demise or morose, doom, hopelessness through this bl blind hope. So we have to be careful that we are not leading ourselves to doom through our, through our hopes and, and our wishes. Um, so 
that is kind of the the kind of some of the technical aspects of this transit here. Of course, we uh, as I'm recording this, the Venus is separating from a, a conjunction with Neptune. Um, I will I will fully admit it was a, a quite a struggle to get to this recording point. Um, I think uh, I think that everybody's feeling a little bit of the venus neptune hangover i guess you could say um not from anything in particular just just from the energy itself i think that uh the day i'm recording this we had the time change that can contribute to this but also just like neptune transits in general i've always kind of said that they they kind of are a dissolving influence that is i feel almost like it's sucking the life out of me when I have Neptune or experience Neptune transits, I think that one of the actions of Neptune in general is this, this, uh, oh, think about it as like melting snow. You had something solid and it's now it's melting into this muck or this soup. Uh, Schmidt talks about Neptune, you know, returning substance to universal substance, which is, you know, releasing it from the spirit that is animating it. So I think that in general, our bodies can start to feel this kind of like, you know, we're melting into back into substance and all of their vitality is, is sort of drained away on some level. So, but um, yeah, so that's kind of the conjunction with Neptune. Um, we are seeing a square with Mars in Gemini. So we may be feeling a little bit burnt out by trying to figure out what direction we're heading, a little bit of paralysis by all the different pathways we could pour our energy into. Um, in the new moon video that I recently did, I talked about feeling almost pregnant with possibility. The hexagram that came up for that new moon was uh, 28, great exceeding, where you know we feel this pressure, this weight, where we're almost at our breaking point. And what's interesting uh, is today the hexagram that I got was number 29, which is repeating chasms or danger, the abysmal, a deepening pit, uh, which is what happens after the ridgepole that is holding up our lives breaks. We, we cannot no longer hold on to these old forms and these old, uh, you know, attempts to, you know, organize our life in a certain way. And we find ourselves in the belly of the whale, uh, much like Geppetto and Pinocchio. Um, so I'm going in a circuitous path today, much in, in Venus, Neptune, Pisces uh, form. Um, but I just thought that that was very interesting to see the correlation between the experience at the new moon and then what Venus may be bringing to us. So repeated chasms, right? Let's talk a little bit more about this because I think that um, that Pinocchio story really, really echoes this I Ching reading. Um, if you're not familiar with the story of Pinocchio, and I did want to show you this, I, I just thought this was super, super cool. So check this out. So this is the, uh, the release date for Pinocchio. And you can see here that we do have Venus right in this third decan of Pisces. And we moved forward two days. Sorry, we moved forward two days to uh, the release of that song, When You Wish Upon a Star. 
and you've got Venus right at her degree of exaltation, roughly around 27 to 28 degrees of Pisces. So really Venus at the heights of her power, right? Nowhere to go but down. And um, I think that one of the things that was really interesting about Pinocchio, Pinocchio is the story of uh, a, um, a craftsman named Geppetto who is wishing for love. You know, is wishing for the puppet that he crafted to be a real boy. Um, I think that that's a lot of what we're all wishing for on some level is unification and to just to be loved and to have something to pour our love into, a container to pour that love into. And, uh, you know, Geppetto makes this wish upon a star. We hear Jiminy Cricket, a stand-in for the guardian spirit or the daimon, if you're familiar with that concept in astrology, his conscious um, singing to us this song, When You Wish Upon a Star. That's kind of the lead-in to this movie. And we see Geppetto making this wish and the blue fairy coming and, and granting this wish uh, and infusing this wish also into the, the puppet itself who, who desperately desires to become the real boy to fulfill uh, the other part of Geppetto's wish. And the, the blue fairy offers Pinocchio a chance to become the real boy after animating just his puppet nature, right? He, he, he is still a puppet, but he isn't necessarily a real boy yet. And she tells him that if he is brave, truthful, or, and unselfish, he will become a real boy. And through his journey, through being led astray by many different um, temptations, you know, we have one temptation of the, the, um, the puppet show uh, con artist, Stromboli, who is attempting to, you know, use Pinocchio and maybe blind him with the, the, um, the riches of fame and fortune, right? Illusion. And ends up trapping him and, uh, you know, holding him hostage on some level and there's some dishonesty that comes up uh, in regards to Pinocchio that causes his nose to grow. He's not being truthful, and that's getting him into trouble. Eventually, he also finds himself on a place called Pleasure Island. thought that was a really interesting correlation with Venus. Um, because if we do pursue pleasure at all costs without our integrity, we can, um, we can turn into... To, to asses, you know, on some level, we could become a-holes, like, or really just lose touch with our um, rational selves. And we're only pursuing maybe more of a, a, a base, a baser instinct, an animal instinct. You know, one of the things I think that may make us human is that we, yes, we are, you know, part of nature and we are animals, um, but maybe we have this capacity to sometimes rise above some of our instinctual nature through our rationality, through our ability to discern right from wrong, to have a moralistic imperative sometimes. And we could, we could spend hours arguing about, about that concept in general. Um, but I thought that that was really interesting. And uh, he, of course, escapes Pleasure Island um, and realizes that his father, Geppetto, has gone off to sea into the ocean, the ocean of Pisces, to find his son. 
you know, Geppetto is making his own sacrifice to find his child. And they find themselves in the belly of the whale, in the darkness of the unknown, like we see in the hexagram number 29, uh, dangerous swirling pits. And they are devising a way to escape the, the whale, and eventually uh, Pinocchio's bravery and sacrifice helps, to, helps them to escape. And, you know, there's much mourning because they think that Pinocchio has perished, um, but eventually the Blue Fairy comes back and grants everyone's wish that Pinocchio becomes a real boy because of his selfless sacrifice. Um, and this is really, I think, the really touches on the core essence of Pisces Three in general. I wanted to read you the lyrics to this song because it really is a beautiful song. It really, uh, really touches on the essential nature of Venus's movement through this area of the zodiac. Um, when I was looking up uh, significations in Ren Butler's really good book, The Archetypal Universe, they talked about the combination of Venus and Neptune with um, sweet falsetto. I thought that was perfect. And I was thinking about that because I had been listening to Cliff Ed Edwards, who was the voice of Jiminy Cricket. And he, he goes back and forth between his chest voice and his this beautiful uh, ethereal high falsetto voice during the course of this song and and um, it just really embodies that energy I was thinking also of uh, an artist that I really appreciate was a main influence in my art and my music when I was um, you know coming up in the world uh, Jeff Buckley uh, and his beautiful falsetto head voice and um, this gentleness that they both had with this. And Jeff Buckley had a Venus-Neptune opposition in his chart. So I, I thought that was another... Oh, actually, excuse me. He had a Venus-Neptune conjunction in his chart, just like we are experiencing right now. When Pinocchio was released, there was a Venus-Neptune opposition, as you can see in the chart on our screen here. So here we have Venus-Neptune contact with Pinocchio as well. And in Jeff Buckley's chart, which is, if you're curious, it was, um, he was born November the 17th, 1966 at 1044, I think in the um, AM. I'm not exactly sure. I know he's a Leo ascendant, so whatever you, you find with that. But he had a Scorpio conjunction with Venus and Neptune. Um, so let me read you this real quick, because some of this is just really poignant. It says, when you wish upon a star, it makes no difference who you are. Anything your heart desires will come to you. If your heart is in your dreams, no request is too extreme. When you wish upon a star as dreamers do, fate is kind. She brings to those who love the sweet fulfillment of their secret longing. Like a bolt out of the blue, fate steps in and sees you through. When you wish upon a star, your dreams come true. Okay, so a number of things about that. We have uh, the extremes of Pisces 3 coming out within that lyric. Um, Austin Kopic talks about the heights of ecstasy and the agony of despair. There, This is a, a decan where you can achieve the very pinnacle of your dreams, but also the very depths of failure and despair. 
So in in this particular song, they're talking about no request is too extreme. This is Venus speaking here. Venus is saying, whatever it is you desire, there is there is nothing that is too grandiose uh, to ask for when I am transiting through this area of the zodiac. And it says that fate is kind, right? Fate, fate is kind and brings brings to those who love the sweet fulfillment of their secret longing. Okay. And really we finish up with, you know, like a bolt out of the blue, fate steps in and sees you through. And I think that that's really important because Venus is a planet that uh, brings us good fortune, maybe through nothing that we do uh, to earn it, you know, just through shining at our light, through loving one another, loving ourselves, good things come into our life. Venus was that planet and that deity that was adorned by just glowing like that phosphorescent jellyfish as she emerged from the oceanic consciousness. And um, a lot of the times we feel like we have to earn love. And I don't think that that's, uh, I don't think that's the case. I think that love is ever present, like, like the ocean. It is something that surrounds us. It's like the air that we breathe. And if we just learn to accept it and learn to, you know, see it, learn to feel it, um, that's when we can achieve any dream that we set our minds or hearts to. And um, I just thought that that was really, really interesting. And, you know, Jiminy Cricket, our daimon, our guiding spirit is really trying to, trying to keep us from falling into illusion, trying to keep us from, you know, falling prey to the con artists of the world that want to take advantage of our naivete and our innocence and um, I think if we listen to our hearts, if we listen to our conscience, uh, we can escape this dangerous, watery pit that we may find ourselves in if we are, you know, being led astray. So I'm going to draw this on the screen here. I would sing you a bit of uh, When You Wish Upon a Star, but I don't know if my voice is... If <laughs> it's in the best shape right now, I really enjoy singing in the falsetto range, but maybe we'll save that for another day. More, more in alignment with the the Bowie, uh, <laughs> the Bowie um, thing right now, because he has a little bit of a deeper voice, and I think when you're tired, it's easier to get into the uh, lower range than the higher range. But here is hexagram number twenty nine. And it's changing to, to hexagram number 58, right? And um, what we're doing is we are looking at water, a trigram of water, okay, on top of another trigram of water in hexagram number 29. Okay, we, are, we have this kind of element of nature in each of these three line sections that that combine to give us kind of an understanding and we have lake or marsh on top of lake that we are moving to with 58 now that's interesting because you're like what's the difference between water and lake well in the I Ching, water is kind of this um you know experience where we're in a pit they, they describe this hexagram as being at the bottom of a pit with nothing to hold on to uh, like a dangerous swirling pit, the unknown, 
you know, this is where the, the ridge pole has broken and we, we, we have nothing to keep the structures of our life, you know, up. We, maybe we've, uh, the boat was about to, if we were on a boat, maybe we, you know, it, it split apart and now we're like kind of being swept downstream where we, you know, we don't have anything solid to grab onto. Um, Hilary Baird in her wonderful book, uh, Walking Your Path in the I Ching, uh, asks, asks us this. She says, what are you sure of in your head when nothing else is sure? How can you flow on through the dark? Okay. Um, so this may be where we're just getting overwhelmed and we're getting to the point where all of our external supports are failing. All of the things that we've relied on with the past no longer serve us anymore. We just can't continue to do it the way that we've always done it. And this is really speaking to Jupiter in that third decade of, of Aquarius as well, where we really do just do have to leave the past behind. We have to leave behind the known and take that leap of faith. Now, there are two changing lines. Uh, the first one talks about being accustomed to evil influences and no longer fighting them. You've lost your way. The more action that you take, the deeper into the pit you get. Desire for something that is not yet ready causes doubt. If we follow this doubt, this is when we can get lost. This, our doubt can ruin any uh, you know, faith that we have within a dream. Faith, faith is the opposite of doubt, right? And it speaks to retreating, finding peace and acceptance. Again, this brings us back to how do we um, utilize Venus, right? Remember, the chart offers us the, issue, the problem and the solution. When you have Venus placements, you need to apply a Venusian solution. You have to allow what needs to happen to happen. This is going to be something to really keep in mind when Venus moves into Aries further along the road, because that's when Venus will be in its, in its exile, where we might want to force an issue, might want to take action like Mars, when the, the proper way to deal with Venus is to receive. Um, so again... We have to find peace in accepting where we're at right now and, and trust the process, have faith in the process. Now, line number four that we see right here talks about a small window to the outside world. You can see uh, the, the little hint of daylight at the, like imagine you're at the bottom of a well or the bottom of a pit and you can see this divine light, this way out, but it is a small little way out, right? It, it is something that isn't um, totally clear yet. Uh, it says to choose simplicity and a direct approach in solving your issue and overcoming difficulties. Strive for clarity of mind. Let go of useless pretense to, to attain true clarity. This could lead to a breakthrough uh, in your understanding. I, I think this speaks to a little bit of divine intervention. Um, this is where we, you know, Whenever we are feeling lost and we are feeling stuck uh, and we don't know, we don't have anything, we don't know where the usual supports are, um, it's important, I think, to strip things down to the very basics and to, to get ourselves out of that feeling of overwhelm, of you know, not knowing where our proverbial shores are, is to pare things down to something manageable into a manageable level and through your integrity through your commitment to your higher you know jiminy cricket self uh 
you will, you will find a way and, and you don't have to do it alone. You do it through surrender. This is really about surrendering to what wants to come and be born into your life. And I think Pisces is really the, one of the signs of surrender and where, you know, we can't, we can't do it alone. We can't just, you know, uh, craft our way out of it like we would in like Virgo, you know, for example, we can't just work harder to uh, create something. We have to, at some point, let go of the reins and let uh, spirit guide us. And I think that's, we see that here. Um, we see that to attain a dream, we're going to sacrifice like Geppetto, like Pinocchio. We stay true to our integrity and we listen to that little, that little cricket on our shoulders that's trying to guide us uh, away from danger, away from illusion and towards the truth of uh, unconditional love. All right. I think that's what I've got for you today. Um, actually, I do have one more thing I want to explain. Sorry. What's the difference between water and the watery pits and, and the lake or the marsh? Well, the lake and the marsh uh, combines to create a, hex a hexagram called number 58, which is opening, joy, encouraging, right? And the lake or the marsh is abundant. It's, it's teeming with life, right? It, it is a place where instead of confusion, it's a place of, that can sustain us, all right? So a couple questions that we asked to finish this up. How can you fully enjoy the moment? What are you bringing to expression? What if you communicated and exchanged more freely? It says joyful expression, two lakes joined together and enriching each other. So maybe with Venus, there is a partnership in your life where you can come together and, and through coming together and harmonizing, maybe even with an ideal, um, you can become more than the, than the sum of your parts. Uh, they also talk about friends joining together and exchanging ideas. The pool of insight makes everyone richer. All right, so, so maybe reach out to some of the people in your life and um, reach out to uh, your heart, reach out to your, however you experience the other. And the other could be a person. The other could be uh, a belief system. The other could be spirit itself. I think that's really the ultimate other. A lot of the times that's what we're looking for through partnerships too is union with the divine part of ourself. Um, and sometimes we mistake people for divinity and we put them on a pedestal and we want to deify the people and the, the goals that we have in our life too. We can do that with like missions that we're on. Um, but ultimately, the ultimate unity is returning to source and returning to um, that which is animating us. It's a part of us, but also breathes life into us and eventually, when we leave our mortal shells, we will return to that source and have that divine union, according to many spiritual practitioners over many, many millennia. All right. So there you go. That's Venus in Pisces 3. Go watch Pinocchio. Listen to Cliff Edwards' version of When You Wish Upon a Star. It's very beautiful. Go listen to Jeff Buckley's album, Grace. Uh, it's probably my favorite album of all time. And uh, if you want to feel some of that divine union, that's a great place to start. So 
I hope you're all well out there. Uh, if you're enjoying these videos, make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Hit that like button. Leave me a comment. Let me know how you're doing out there and how, how you're hanging in and um, how you can surrender to the moment. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be seeing you this week. There's, there's a number of uh, decanic shifts going on over the course of the week. So um, we'll be talking again soon. So be kind to yourself and be kind to uh, your community and everyone else and surrender to the process. Peace, everyone.